you have just entered the portal of discovery, complete with a British chick intro. Now, strap yourself in. We are in control of... We can adjust the treble. The bass. Add, add echo. Welcome to Speaking Out, America. We are in control. Well, happy weekend. It's good to be here. Uh, this is JR, Speaking Out, America. You know, people tell me that I don't talk enough about myself uh, because uh, I, I spend too, so much time talking about everything else that I don't ever really get di- dig deep uh, into who I am and how I got to be where I am today. And, of course, I always think nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so that's why I don't tell you. <laughs> okay, so I grew up in L.A. By now you figured out that uh, I pretty much was the only white kid in town, and I was. I grew up in the worst part of Los Angeles. We were dirt poor. In fact, during the 1971 earthquake, I think I was six years old, and our house was a shack in the back of another house that was 30 feet from the Firestone Railway Station where they make tires. Oh, I love the smell of rubber tires in the morning. Smells like poverty. Uh, I got my ass kicked regularly as a kid by virtually every color on the planet. I don't care if they were from the Philippines or from Mexico or from just down the street. Uh, In fact, it was so bad. It's like those those Johnny uh, Dangerfield jokes. It's so bad because I had blonde hair. My father had to push my head down when we were driving through Watts as he was taking me to school on his way to work over there in Huntington Park. And uh, shots, I mean, it was un- not uncommon later in life as a teenager when I moved from the ghettos to the downtown ghettos of L.A. in the MacArthur Park District. Uh, full of massage parlors and adult store bookstores and big MacArthur Park, uh, you know, and my dad would tell me that every few years they would drain MacArthur Park and they would find aborted fetuses in the park. That's tragic, isn't it? But that's L.A. That was the L.A. I knew, Silver Lake area, Belmont High, which looked more like a prison uh, than anything. My dad would ask me regularly, are you packing, as he would drop me off to school. And then sometimes we just walked to school. It was an eight-block walk, and that was it. Uh, and that had its own inherent dangers. I mean, you know, the thing is, is uh, I'm not complaining. You know, when I look at my hometown now, I laugh because I didn't think it would get any worse, and it's just gotten progressively worse. And it, and a little bit later on, I'll tell you an interesting story that I, uh, and I think I want to share with you, but we'll see. It's about an earthquake that somebody predicted back in 1937. Uh, and there's a funny conclusion to it, and I'll share that. We also have audio sound clips of the week, so we'll go over some of the highlights. DeSantis is on the campaign trail. We'll talk a little bit about him and his chances, his hopes, and an interesting conversation I had. And then we're going to focus in also on uh, ABC and their news last night, put, putting forth two narratives that are absolutely, completely false, and we will break those down for you. And I want to show you, I'm going to teach you On this program, Speaking Out America, I'm going to teach you how to watch the news and understand why it's called fake news and what they're doing and how they manipulate you into believing a particular narrative. So we'll get to all that. And of course, uh, we've got the great music. And uh, let's see. Also, uh, Nansu will be by. Do we have Nansu on the program today? I think we do. And we're going to talk about the latest in China. What is the latest in China anyway? Anybody know what's going on over there? 
You know, there was absolutely no uh, fallout from anything that Marco Rubio this past week did by finally publishing his research paper on what happened with the Wuhan virus. And there was no mention of it. I don't even think National Review picked up on it. Nobody cared. It's like we all want to move on. Nobody cares that China unleashed this thing on the world, uh, completely disrupting society. And that's just, by the way, that's just a harbinger of things to come. Don't think this is the first time or the last time that we'll have some sort of bio-warfare. Imagine that. I mean, imagine if you were a kid and you thought one day that China was going to you know, launch a bio-war on you. You would think naturally that when that happened, Americans would be upset and we would be at war. You know, chirps, nothing, silence. Our president just heads off to Japan like, you know, nothing changed. I mean, we should literally, the world should sue China for however much money we lost during the pandemic. That would sink their economy. It would, and you know what? They deserve it. Because regardless if they did it on purpose or not, it happened it was on their watch. It came from their country. I don't care if Fauci and Peter Daszak over at Eco Alliance and uh, that guy that retired from the NIH, Francis Collins, I don't care if they were involved in funding gain-of-function research that eventually led to the, you know, this, this escape of the COVID SARS-CoV-2 virus. It was genetically altered to resemble a SARS-like virus. They worked on the cleavage a little bit, which up until this point, I only related cleavage to that space between breasts. I'd never heard the term used before, but now we know that they break into cleavages all the time on, on, on viruses. And they insert a little protein here and clip a little DNA there. And next thing you know, some idiot uh, guy, uh, the original story that I heard, which to my knowledge, I think might have some merit is that in China, it is not uncommon to do a side hustle. Everybody's got to make a side hustle if you want to make a little extra bucks. It is not without the realm of possibility that at the end of a long shift, instead of burning and uh, what they do with the dead uh, carcasses of these animals that they test on, uh, usually they're supposed to incinerate them and get rid of the waste. But sometimes you could sell some of these animals, this livestock, to a neighborhood wet market. Who's to say that somebody didn't sell a shipment of bats to the local wet market? I'm not saying that the wet market is where it started. I'm just saying how it got out is that this person was probably infected. Anyway, Rubio's report was jam-packed with all kinds of evidence, satellite imagery, documentation, everything. And it is very clear that around October of 2019, the virus escaped the Wuhan lab. And it started by infecting sports players in Wuhan that were there for the World Olympics. And they all just took the virus back home. Belgium, Italy, Germany, wherever they went. And it took about two to three months for this COVID virus to start popping up everywhere. And where did it start popping up? Belgium, Italy, Germany, the UK. And then it finally hit the shores of California which was strange for, because the longest time, San Francisco had an extremely low COVID rate. And I always thought that was sort of unusual. But then you think, you know, San Francisco is, is home to the largest Chinese community in the country. So maybe those people got a heads up. Stay indoors. Who knows? Nobody ever reported it. Nobody ever looked into it. 
And then, of course, with Andrew Cuomo in charge at New York, Mr. Let's Send All the Sick People Back into Nursing Homes. Idiot. Idiot. I mean, it's it's a shame you can't charge the guy uh, for murder, but I guess when you're doing on mistake, it's not considered murder. But he was responsible single-handedly for at least 10,000 unnecessary deaths. Oh, and then the lockdowns. It's just crazy. And nothing will ever come of it other than we just pick up the pieces and continue on our merry way, hoping that China will never do that again. And with this president, you know, he seems to be going easy on his good buddy pal Xi Jinping. So we'll talk to Nan Su over at the Epoch Times a little bit later as well. But let me get to the ABC News story. There's a couple. First of all, Ron DeSantis is running for president. Okay. He's in New Hampshire and uh, caught up with him a little earlier. Here's a little bit of what he had to say, and then I'll have some follow-up comments. But I think on a more fundamental level, they're trying to change policy in this country without having to go through you folks, without having to actually put their name on a ballot or, or vote for folks, because they know a lot of the policies they're advocating would not do well at the ballot box. So can you just disp- are they allowed to just dispense with that, collude together, use massive amounts of economic power to change the economy or to change policy? And our view is that we, the people, govern, and we don't want a social or economic transformation without representation. And so ESG is DOA in the state of Florida. And you know, he's absolutely right, because these nimwit little progressive gnats are are, are running around the halls of, of Wall Street and uh, uh, corporations extorting them. They're at the extortion stage saying, if you don't help with ESG or DEI and don't allow us to inspect your files, this is what's happening with Kellogg's, the food maker. You don't have enough African-Americans on your board of directors. Uh-oh, we might be deemed racist. We better correct that. It's extortion. It's it's no different from what, what uh, Jesse Jackson was doing in the 80s and 90s with his Rainbow Push Coalition, if you remember that. That was the incubator. I'm sure that Obama learned his lessons by watching Jesse Jackson. Where is Jesse these days? You don't see him much. And so Ron DeSantis is running for president. And uh, there is a a stark difference between him and uh, Trump, obviously. Uh, Ben Shapiro, I think, is making the rounds on social media saying that he thinks Trump's days are over that it's going to be very difficult for him. This would be his third run. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a They talk about his base, how loyal his base is. We'll see. But, you know, the press isn't going to give him a free ride. They may give him a lot of publicity, but they're not going to give him a free ride. But DeSantis is running, and a lot of people like the way that DeSantis runs his uh, state. I happen to be one of them. I hope he doesn't run for president. Not because I, I think Trump should win. I just don't think that DeSantis, uh, you know, I mean, look, it's the deep state. And and Trump doesn't give a damn about the deep state. That's the one enduring quality I like about him. We'll talk about all this stuff a little bit more as we continue. Uh, all I got to say is it's Friday. I'm glad it's Friday. And we'll be back in just a moment. Don't forget we have a website, which is speakingoutamerica.com. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. Speaking Out America, JR here with you. Wherever you are, thank you for stopping by. And we are here for you weekdays, Monday through Friday, from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific on crntalk.com. By the way, you should download the app. It's a cool app. It's real easy to do. If you're on if you're on Google or Apple Play, there's slightly different things, but it's pretty easy. All you have to do is dial, if you want to get the app, the CRN app, so you can listen to all of the wonderful talk shows. All you do is dial pound, the number sign, and then 250, and then they'll ask you for a keyword, and you say CRN Talk, and then your app will suddenly appear. You'll get a, a text, and you click it, and you, your app will be on the phone, and then you can listen to this show and all the other wonderful programs that we have on CRNTalk.com. How cool is that? You can take it anywhere you go. So once again, all you do, you start off by dialing pound 250 like you're making a phone call, and then just listen to the, the operator and tell you what to do. It takes you less than 30 seconds. All right, that's cool, isn't it? I like that. So Jonathan Carl is on the case. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Jonathan Carl is, but he is the correspondent for ABC World News Tonight. And he's one of uh, the media's king go-to guy for all things Pravda. I mean, the guy could not figure out how to say one nice thing about Trump in the six or seven years that he's been covering him. He does hit piece after hit piece. There is no such thing as unbiased journalism with Jonathan Carl. And I'm going to prove that to you in just a moment. Now, a minute ago, we were talking about DeSantis and him running for uh, the president. That would put him, Tim Scott, I think Chris Christie is joining the ranks. Nikki Haley, Mike Pence is supposedly making an announcement. Or did he already make an announcement? I wouldn't be surprised if Liz Cheney throws her hat in the ring. And there's maybe one or two others. But of the two that are most popular, it's Trump and DeSantis. DeSantis has the wins in his sails because he's done a terrific job at Florida. Even the critics here uh, are quick to forget that he was Johnny on the spot when it came to dealing with the aftermath of Ian. I don't think the, I think FEMA was here, but they didn't do that much. I mean, they set up trailers like they normally do, but I think it was really DeSantis who, who made things happen. And that's what kind of, that's leadership. Not the kind of leadership you saw with Bush during Katrina. Anyway, uh, so the discussion is, which I had a discussion with my wife, and I said, I think the media doesn't want Trump to win, so that they're going to try to make DeSantis look like the guy that Republicans should go for. Because in their mind, they may think that Joe Biden has a better chance of winning against Ron DeSantis. Now, do you believe that's true? Okay, so let's assume for a moment that it's not true and that since they're sending Jonathan Carl on the case to report on DeSantis, uh, because he's usually the guy that you go to to make the Trump look bad, and there's no reason why he should want DeSantis to win because DeSantis is a Republican. And those people over at ABC News hate Republicans. It's clear they hate Republicans. They're for everything. Now listen to this little clip. They were playing that New Mexico shooting from Monday in Farmington. Listen to the clip here. They segue into a poll. They're showing you this horrendous shooting. They're showing you the boy with the gun. They're showing you the three women that were killed. They go through their life story. You're pulling out the, the handkerchief. You're wiping your tears from your eyes because it's all so tragic because this kid got his hands on an AR-15 or a couple of different kinds of guns. So they pivot right to this little statement about polls about what Americans fear the most. 
These disturbing images come amid a new poll tonight that shows concerns in the U.S. over gun violence is soaring. Americans now consider guns the top public health threat in the country, topping fentanyl and opioids. It's kind of like when they blamed uh, the, the, pan, the, the economy, when the economy blew up because everybody decided to shut things down. So they started blaming the economy on COVID instead of blaming it on leaders who were making decisions that were bringing the economy down. And in the same way, when they say about the gun thing, what they're saying is Americans aren't concerned about guns. They're concerned about people that shoot them. That's what's happening. People are nervous about why so many people are shooting people today. And the reason they're shooting people is because they're upset. Their lives have been lost. Half of these people are on some kind of psychotropic drugs, which I talk about at length in my my newest article, Zombie Nation. On speakingoutamerica.com. Check it out. But listen to this subtle sleight of hand once again. We're going to turn next tonight to the news involving our parent. Oh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Here it is. Uh, Citing the gun poll. Remember now, they're blaming the violence on the guns themselves. These disturbing images come amid a new poll tonight that shows concerns in the U.S. over gun violence is soaring. Americans now consider guns the top public health threat in the country, topping fentanyl and opioids. And the third health threat would be Joe Biden, but that's another story. But again, they're objectifying the guns with the sole reason of of pressuring legislators to pass strict laws that would limit people's access to guns. And of course, that's a Second Amendment issue. And so, again, they're using data to suggest something that's that's a misdirect because people aren't worried about the guns. They're worried about the people that are shooting the guns. Even my wife, who's liberal, says every night, why are these people shooting? What's with all this senseless madness? It's not, it's not as if more people went out and bought guns or all of a sudden there's, well, there is a surge towards weaponry, but that's because crime is going up. But what's really behind all of these violent shootings? Could it be that many of these people that are shooting are on psychotropic drugs and they snap or they stop taking the drugs because they're being treated for mental illness? This is something that I talk about at length in my book. And unfortunately, we can't count on ABC or any of the major networks to do anything about it because they're practically funded by big pharma. I mean, if you take a look at just one state, California, 16 to $20 billion a year on this fighting mental illness. And all it is is treating people with psychotropic drugs. They're not trying to cure these people of anxiety. They're not trying to cure these people of depression because to them, it's an ongoing battle that they'll never win. And we've convinced ourselves that we're supposed to allow Big Pharma to treat. I mean, look at the commercials every night, every single night, commercial after commercial with side effect after side effect. I mean, sometimes I sit there and I go, I don't even know what that drug is for, but it says in the side effects it can kill me. And they do it against the backdrop of these people that are smiling and dancing and running through the streets and sharing things with each other or they're playing uh, pickleball or whatever they call that, cornhole. And it just gets to be like, who's, who's paying for all this? We are. Mental illness treatment is being subsidized and funded by the taxpayer through Medi-Cal and Medicare and all these various federal and state agencies that provide funding that comes from the taxpayers to treat people with mental illness so that they can continue to be treated. And in the coming months ahead, we're going to have people on from various agencies and authors who've delved into this a little bit more. And 
the, the problem that we're having right now in our country, among many problems, is prescription over-medication and drug dependency. Some of it is self-inflicted. A lot of it is enabling by Big Pharma. And they make tons of money. And the money is, is flowing inward and upward. And all of these very wealthy stockholders, CEO, board members, they're living high on the hog while look down in the city and you see, you see, you see what's there. You see all these zombies walking around. Have you looked on any video of Philadelphia, what it looks like in downtown? It's crazy. Nansu's coming up in just a moment. We're going to talk about China. Stay tuned. And then, of course, soundbite of the week a little bit later on. We are, of course, we have Nan Su, who is on from the Epoch Times, a senior reporter, uh, follows much of the big news coming out of China. And uh, recently, uh, there was a report of a comedian. And, of course, this is something you might expect from China. But for whatever reason, why did this particular story of this comedian who who uh, apparently made fun of the CCP and now he's he's been charged with a crime? He's going to spend time. His, why is this particular case so relevant or, or significant? Well, it's significant because, uh, you know, uh, Xi Jinping, Chairman Xi, is tightening up his control uh, in the cultural and uh, entertainment business uh, industry. So uh, you can see things is going to get a lot harder to Chinese people. Oh, indeed. In other words, this is a signal telling uh, any any would-be dissenters uh, to keep it on the down low. Uh, And what does that reflect, in your opinion? Is Xi Jinping worried about dissent right now in China? I I guess that's always a fear, but is there something that he is particularly nervous about right now? Is the economy weak? What's going on behind the scenes in China right now? Well, uh, Xi Jinping, everyone knows, ever since he took uh, control of the top post of the communist regime, uh, became the, uh, really the uh, so-called supreme leader of the Chinese communist regime. Um, he is turning to the left. You know, he is uh, walking backwards, you know, going back to Chairman Mao's era, both ideologically I see. Yes. as well as control-wise, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just another signal. Uh, actually, uh, they try to uh, put more control on the entertainment uh, industry uh, for several years. You know, a lot of uh, very famous actors, actors get a you know, huge fine, uh, uh, but mainly not really related to what they say, how they perform in in the public. It was just basically they're going after them, say, Oh, you didn't pay tax, uh, you know, you 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 hide some of your incomes. But now this time is different. This time it's somebody just making a joke. You know, a joke, uh basically, you know, uh Chairman Xi had some order to the military uh, basically say fight well and win the battle. Now he was making a joke. He saw that two of his dogs 
that you know the, he basically adapted two homeless dogs and dogs and someday you know he saw that two dogs was chasing the squirrels so he just you know he he said that's what he said all of a sudden in his mind you know uh he remembered that few words like fight well and win the battle that's right. it yeah very very you yeah know, not not even a bad joke really not like Pooh bear uh, it, you know that's right not even a bad joke now he's the company he's the company he works for uh receive order they have to stop their business they don't know when they're going to reopen the business a fine of a total two million u.s dollars and this guy is arrested so this is different than the previous reactions that's going after famous entertainers uh for like a, you know uh, for tax reasons so this one is a signal that they want to try to control of what they say yeah and of course and, that you're right and it's sort of a step back now we should tell people and i think i'm correct in this the young demographic in china is outnumbering i mean there are just so many young people and xi is sort of afraid of these young people and them revolting uh, am I correct in that assessment? So he always has that tightrope where he, he's playing, you know, friendly leader. But in the back of your mind, you know that, you know, all somebody has to do is complain or go on the Internet or write something that even has the appearance of being anti-communist. And they'll come get you. They'll they'll punish you, like you're saying, Nan. Yes, that's true. And the internet, uh, the uh, China, you know, it's specifically very tight, you know, uh, when it comes to the censorship on the internet. You know, the Chinese people. The, this was this was a couple of years ago. I interviewed uh, a Chinese, uh, 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 like an internet police. You know, he escaped. He flee to China. He came to the United States. So I interviewed him. That was a couple of years ago. Uh, at that time, he said that in order for you to, you know, express your opinion about Chairman Xi, right? So once you express something, not even really bad. It was just like, uh, you know, uh, well, it doesn't sound very positive. Then they will censor you, whatever, you, you know, your, your message right away. So in order not to be censored, um, so... People create uh, different names, like uh, nicknames uh-huh. or symbols or combination of names and symbols or numbers. Basically, you, when you see it, you know who who they try to say. Now, you know how 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 many nicknames and you know co- different combination of symbols the chairman she has on the internet. How many? That's two two years ago. Okay, now the number is a lot higher. Two years ago, that's a Thirty-four thousand. <laughs> Thirty-four thousand nicknames for Xi Jinping. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just two years ago already. So now it's like we, I don't know how many because uh, you know I have not follow up with that. So he was this guy was he was the internet police. So he know he knew how many you know uh, different kind of combinations and names are out there uh, indicating Chairman Xi. And so it would be very hard to flag people because there'd be so many different nicknames to flag. You know, this isn't this this isn't the first time that you see this sort of gentle pushback 
against the regime. And I remember a couple of years ago, uh, people were were performing civil disobedience by sleeping or laying in bed. Is any of that still going on? Oh, yeah, that's still going on. Yeah, that's still going on. They worry the regime a lot. You know, they have all all our war against this movement, actually, uh, against these young people. So they just laying back. They just uh, don't do anything. Uh, uh, they don't go find a job. They, you know, uh, this is basically just showing that they are hopeless. That that you know, for the for the uh, people in the twenties, and they're still doing that right now. Mm. Well, that's an indication that things aren't going as well as the Chinese would like us to believe. Uh, as they try to push out their hegemony and influence around the world. So it's a little bit comforting for me to know that there's dissent going on in China, even even now. Uh, and it's subtle, but it's still there, and I appreciate that. So anyway, I appreciate you stopping by, Nan. The Epoch Times is a great newspaper. I read it all the time. I start my day with it. And Nan, of course, is one of several of, of, of the finest journalists, in I think, in the world today. So appreciate you stopping by and We'll see you next time, okay? All right. Thank you for having me. I will tell you that it doesn't take much to connect the dots on what we see over there. We recently witnessed that the Biden administration is now galvanizing people in the United States to turn in people they suspect who may be extremists. I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a new video uh, that's being used by the Department of Homeland Security. Propaganda, really, tools to... Instead of it being about foreign terrorists, it's about homegrown terrorists. And they're using the same strategy, which is see something, say something. Here are signs that your best friend might be a white extremist. Do they like Trump? Do they question the the elections? These are the kinds of questions that they're now using to qualify whether you might be an extremist in the country. And our own government is going after you using your neighbor. Now, if that doesn't sound like something out of the Xi Jinping playbook or the Mao Zedong playbook, I don't know what does. But I do know one thing. This man was on the receiving end of it, and he was an FBI agent. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. Welcome back. Speaking out, America. If you want to reach the program, the best way to do it is email for right now. We'll work on something so we can start getting calls in here. And uh, that that number uh, or that email address, speakingoutamerica at gmail.com. You can also go to the website, too, and, and you can just click, you know, contact, and you can send an email, speakingoutamerica.com. And we talk about things that have relevance to your life, things that matter to you, things that have a real impact when you walk out your door. And I want to show you, sometimes some of that impact comes in your door. And uh, I want to spend a little bit of time here, and then we're going to get to sound bites of the week. There was a story that uh, ABC pushed last night on their nightly news. And it has to do with uh, Disney. Walt Disney is not going to spend a billion dollars building some new ride or some new theme 
addition to their Orlando resort. And what ABC News is trying to do is frame it around the reason behind their decision without it, without explicitly saying it is Ron DeSantis' fault. So this is ABC News, which is, of course, uh, one of many companies owned by Disney. And Ron DeSantis is about to run for president. And Disney does not like Ron DeSantis because he's made their life a little bit miserable in Florida. And the reason is because they got involved, Disney, the board of directors and stockholders and the company itself, got involved because they were trying to apply pressure when DeSantis started calling out elementary schools for teaching uh, about sexuality to young kids. We're talking first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up to sixth grade, introducing curricula in the form of books and teachers actually grooming students to be tolerant and acceptable of not just homosexuality, but transgenderism, bisexuality, being non-binary, all of these things that teachers for some strange reason, have decided that they want to advocate for young children. They're trying to teach them early about the facts of life. But the worst offense is that they did it behind the parents' back. Kids were coming home telling their parents, Mommy, guess what we learned today? What? You learned about Johnny and Jimmy doing what? They pulled out a banana and did what? Your teacher told you about the wild weekend he had in in uh, Key Largo with his with his husband, and uh, yeah, mommy, and they told us not to tell you. I think that there's one state. I'm trying to remember where it is. They're trying to create legislation that would allow the children. You know, every state has their own child protective services. And they would allow children to report their parents to the authorities if they were not accepting of gender affirmation. In other words, if your kid came home and said, Mommy, I'm in the wrong body, I want to be a boy, and I'm a girl. If you protest, or if you try to talk that child out of it, you'll get a knock at the door from some state agency saying that you may be abusing your children. This I warned you about five years ago when I was doing mornings in Tampa. I was, and by the way, I was doing very well there. And I warned you, I said, this is where it's going to go. Pretty soon they're going to weaponize your children, just like they did in China during the early days of communism, and as also in Cuba and in most communist countries. They go after the kids to make sure that the parents are compliant. And that's what they started doing in Florida. So Ron DeSantis enacted laws that would prohibit these kinds of discussions with children from age one, two, uh, first, second, and third grade. That's an important distinction because Disney's taking the position that it's appropriate for teachers to take it upon themselves to talk about sexuality to young children, going in runaround parents' wishes and keeping it secret, because they know that it's not proper. It's not proper for a second grader to have a drag queen come in and read a book about Johnny's little penis. But for some reason, uh, today's LGBTQ communi community, it's all about pride, and party having pride is trying to share it with everybody, I suppose.
but this is an outrage. So DeSantis decided to do something about it, and Disney got involved and started lobbying against DeSantis, calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Okay, now I've set this up. Now I'm going to play for you ABC's presentation. Now, first, they said that ABC, uh, Disney is, is, is scaling back because the listen to how many times they say keywords. I'll play this for you. And I'm going to teach you something about how to interpret the nightly news. Listen, to, this is all propaganda. Take a listen. I guess I have to cue that up again. Here we go. Three, two, one. We're going to turn next tonight to the news involving our parent company tonight, Disney, revealing a decision that they say was not easy to make, canceling a $1 billion project in Florida that would have brought 2,000 jobs to the state, citing the, quote, changing business conditions in that state. Now, I want you to pay attention because he just said three things. What they're doing, they're scaling back the, uh, the amount of jobs, the changing conditions of the state. That's the implication that it's Ron DeSantis' fault, that the changing business of the state has to do with the political environment in Florida. Now, that may or may not be true, but it could also be true that Disney has lost a lot of money. Uh, park attendance in, is down. Their movies are flopping big time. D Disney Plus, their TV channel, is losing hundreds of millions of dollars a year based on investment. I mean, this whole thing with Cleopatra blew up in their face, and you've got Jada Pinkett Smith running around saying that the reason our movie flopped is because we're all racist. The truth of the matter is, is because Disney took a woke position and now is involved in grooming our children, America said, that's enough. I used to be able to trust you with our kids. I can't do it anymore. All right, so now we're going to switch over to, here we go, Jonathan Carl is on the case. He's going to repeat word for word what... David Muir just said, listen to this. How Governor Ron DeSantis is now responding, and here's Jonathan Carl tonight. It was a billion-dollar project projected to bring some 2,000 jobs to Florida. But tonight, Disney, the parent company of ABC News, announced it is halting plans to build a new campus in Orlando. In a memo to employees, Josh Tamaro, chairperson of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, says this was not an easy decision to make, citing changing business conditions as one of the reasons. He just said the same thing, almost exactly like David Muir. They are 45 seconds into this report, and they've repeated the same three points. Let's go back a little bit and you take a listen. Building a decision that they say was not easy to make, canceling a $1 billion project in Florida that would have brought 2,000 jobs to the state, citing the, quote, changing business conditions in that state. How Governor Ron DeSantis is now responding, and here's Jonathan Carl tonight. There's no mention of Ron DeSantis at all in the memo or in anything that Disney said. They didn't even mention Don, Don, uh, Ron DeSantis. But for some reason now they're bringing Ron DeSantis in, implying it's his fault. Now, don't forget. Just yesterday that DeSantis announced that he was going to be running, he's going to make the announcement that he's running for president. So that's when Jonathan Carl is on the case. It was a billion-dollar project projected to bring some 2,000 jobs to Florida. But tonight, Disney, the parent company of ABC News, announced it is halting plans to build a new campus in Orlando. In a memo to employees, Josh Tamaro, chairperson of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, says this was not an easy decision to make, citing changing business conditions as one of the reasons. I mean, they, they, they're repeated three times now. They just keep saying the same thing over, that changing business decisions.
It comes with Disney embroiled in a public battle with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis that began after the company came out against what critics call the Don't Say Gay law. It wasn't the critics that called it the Don't Gay. It was the media that kept calling it the Don't Say Gay bill, the Don't Say Gay bill. That's what they said. Let's rewind this just a little bit. Here we go. Ready? What critics call the Don't Say Gay law. Which limits classroom discussion about sexual orientation and gender identity. Now, they don't even qualify it by stating that it's protecting children that are eight years old and younger. He does not mention that. Listen to this. He, does, he mentions the law, he mentions about discussing sexual orientation, but he does not mention that it's only for and it only applies to kids that are under eight years old, which is what the parents want orientation and gender identity. Since then, DeSantis has taken aim at Disney's special status in the state. They're upset because they're actually having to live by the same rules as everybody else. Disney is suing DeSantis for what it calls a targeted campaign of government retaliation. And by the way, none of what they're talking about now has anything to do with the original story, which is that Disney has decided to not spend a billion dollars on yet another ride because, number one, their attendance is down. Not only in Orlando, not by much, but it's enough. And also because their movies and all their other revenue streams are way off. And they're way off because of the fact that they are going woke. They embrace wokeness. They're grooming children. They're putting, what did that woman say? They're peppering homosexuality wherever they can find it. They're introducing gay characters in every one of their movies now. You, pretty soon they're going to be introducing trans characters if they haven't done it already. So you see where all this is headed, and, and yet ABC News is simply going to regurgitate the same line, implying that it was all Ron DeSantis' fault. And that's just a real tragedy. But I hope what I've accomplished here is that you now know how they use the words and how they tie in different stories that may or not be connected, but they do it with the idea of pushing forward a negative or a narrative and once again, ABC News has taken a position and putting forth a narrative that smears Ron DeSantis, makes him look like he's the big bully. Are you starting to have a deja vu? And portraying him to be a homophobe, which is like the scarlet letter in society today. So now hopefully you've been educated as to just how they operate over there at ABC World News tonight. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday.